My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. We have a really exciting guest coming on. The guest I'm bringing on, Hannah Morgan. She is the CEO of Heron Works. She's the host of Ways to Means, a personal finance podcast. Hannah's true passion is helping people design the life, uh, design and live the lives of their dream, their dreams. She believes in the ex- believes that excellent project management is key component to professional and personal success. Hannah, thanks so much for taking the time of your day to jumble on. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's so nice to finally meet you. Thank you for letting me be here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So thank you. Uh, you know, we're going to have some great conversation today, some good takeaways. Um, we'll go over what's working, what what are some of the challenges. And before we really jump into any of that, you know, I kind of want to get my listeners to get a feel of who you are. Uh, your little bit of your background. So do you mind just jumping in and telling us a bit of your story? How did you get to where you are today? Because I think you're doing amazing and I really want to share that with the people listening. Yeah. So I run a project management agency called Heron Works. And um, I got into project management work when I was actually working for a solar company. So I was working in renewable energy. And the people who built our website asked me to join their team as their project manager. So I wanted to make an industry shift into tech, and it was a perfect time to do it. We all know it's a growing industry. So when they asked me to join as their project manager, it gave me a lot of exposure to uh, website design and development, which is most of the work that they were doing at the time. But it also complemented the time that I was spending getting my MBA. So as a part-time student and working part-time, worked out really well. Well, when I finished my MBA program, I started taking on more contract clients to fill out my roster so I could have full-time work. And very quickly, I realized that there was a demand for my time that exceeded the amount of hours that I had in a week. So I realized that there really is a demand for high-quality project management. So to back up a little bit more, I really fell into project management, um, realizing that it was a good complementary um job and career path for me um, based on my skills, because my background is a community organizer. So if you're not familiar with being a community organizer, you're working with large groups of people with, um, you know, different interests and skill sets and backgrounds um, and helping them facilitate successes for their community. And so for me specifically, that meant working with communities in Southwest Virginia um, that were affected by mountaintop removal coal mining, which is a really destructive form of coal mining. It's incredibly destructive to communities to the economy, as well as the environment. And so working as a community organizer, I got really used to working with large groups of stakeholders, creating and um, working towards a shared goal and being able to measure success and what that looked like. And those are all skills that I use as a project manager. So when I started doing project management work, it was actually just a perfect fit for me. And I realized that I was so lucky to find something that was a continuation of that background in social justice community organizing. So once I started my agency, um, I started working with people in so many different industries. I really had my roots in tech, but I was working with people in cybersecurity, uh, financial services technology, and um, also the arts and real estate tech. 
And so what that allowed me to do was to have a foot in so many different worlds. I get to see the back end of so many different people's businesses, and I get to understand all these diverse challenges that business owners are experiencing. And I get to know them and work through them by building processes, building workflows, managing their clients, helping them measure success, and ultimately allowing them the free mental space and emotional space to be able to work on their business instead of in their business. So when they know that they have a trusted project manager at the helm, they can really focus on scaling their business, growing it, improving processes, and knowing that somebody is managing their clients. Um, so my time was just limited by the fact that I'm a human and my clients were asking more of me than I could provide. So I started bringing other contract project managers into my team. And that was really the foundation of Heronworks. So I've been on both sides of it, both guiding my team as well as doing the contract work myself. And I think that's what helps me be able to navigate both the clients and the contractors. So my favorite thing about it is the personal relationships that I get to have with both clients and contractors. I only work with people I really like and that I think are fantastic. And that's made, it's made all the difference. I've built a really fantastic team um, of people who are very smart and accomplished. They're really strong project managers. They're strong CEOs of their companies, and they're looking for somebody who can complement their skills. So that's where Heronworks comes in. We help facilitate that relationship. So we want to make it successful. I work in a mentorship role with my clients and my contractors to help guide them towards success, figure out what that means, and figure out for clients what having a little bit of extra help would really mean for them. One of my clients is able to travel now and meet with some of her clients in person because she has the mental, emotional, and just physical time to be able to do those kinds of things that she never did before because she was stuck behind a desk just driving the projects forward. Well, now she has a Heronworks project manager. She's doing a fantastic job, and that gives gives the CEO of the company more time to be able to build her business. Um, conversely, I have an amazing contractor. She's on several projects with me right now, and her dream is to build a flower farm. And so she wants to build a flower farm at her home. She has the land for it. And for her, that means that she wants to be able to work remotely so that she can work from home so that she can have control over her schedule and she can decide when she works and how much she works in any given day so that she can work that around her flower farming schedule and demands and passion. And I think that's really exciting. And that's what I love about my business is that I can help people facilitate what's success looks like for them. You know, life isn't all about work and it never should be, but it should facilitate what we really want, right? None of us are here because, you know, we're just doing it for the sake of doing it. We want to be passionate about the work, but we also want it to help us pursue passions outside of work. So if that's traveling, if that's being an artist, that's having a flower farm, if that's being able to just learn a new skill, I think that's really exciting. And that's what I'm aiming to do with my business. So it's really a ways to an end, um, to help people live their best lives. And I actually learned that from a mentor of mine that her end goal as a business owner wasn't to generate profit and to serve her clients in advertising, but it was to help people live their best lives. And that had struck a note with me and has been, um, my guiding, uh, note ever since. First off, this is incredible. You know, you're allowing these CEOs and everyone else that you're working with their freedom back, you know, to enjoy the things that they love. Like you said, whether that's traveling, art, uh, flower garden, like love it. So I think what you're doing is amazing. And, you know, you're very passionate about it, which is, is, is huge, right? So you love what you're doing and you're doing amazing things for others. So that allowing them to do what they love too. I like that a lot. So I guess, you know, let's jump into some questions, you know, um, let's talk about your podcast. When did you start it? And I mean, what were your intentions behind it? 
Yeah. So um, my co-host and I started our podcast. We started working on it. I think it's been about two years now. Um, yeah. I'm, it's been two years now that we started talking about the concept. Um, she's actually a former colleague of mine. We were both community organizers together in the situation I described earlier. So we have shared values and similar experiences and shared roots that we have carried through into a friendship ever since. It's been about 15 years now that we've been friends and we've lived in different states. We've stayed close. She's visited me in almost every house I've lived in. She's like an aunt to my kids. It's amazing. Um, and that's been such a great relationship. And so we haven't worked together professionally in a long time, but we wanted to have a project to work on together. And we decided decided to start a personal finance podcast because it was something that we both felt really overwhelmed by and really intimidated by. We didn't know a lot about personal finance. We didn't know anything about podcasting. And so what better way to learn about both things than to do them literally at the same time? So we did. And um, it took several months of planning to kind of hone in on what our angle was and what our goal was. And when we finally settled on ways to means, um, you know, it's a little tongue in cheek. It's about um, it's about your own journey with personal finance, starting from wherever you are. And, you know, we don't claim to be experts and we have people who are sharing their own experiences on the podcast that are experts in their own journey. And that has been really powerful. A lot of our listeners have said that they really resonated with or identified with certain guests because we bring in people that are um, an artist or a business owner or a negotiation coach. And then we also do some episodes that are research-based. We did one that was like everything you need to know about the stock market, but you didn't know how to Google. Um, and so it gives people a, a broad you know, taste for personal finance. And it's been really fun because I think that personal finance is something that a lot of people are intimidated by and they don't even know how to start tackling. And it's really just like one bite at a time, really diving in one piece at a time. We've learned a ton over the past two years. Um, we also learned how to produce and edit and promote our podcast. And that's been a really rewarding experience because being able to edit a podcast is something I never could have said or, or have a podcast is something I never could have said I would be able to do You know, two years ago. And so that's very exciting. It's been really rewarding. Um, but I think the most exciting thing has been the conversations that have come out of that. And a lot of them have been offline. It's so funny to me, like when I run into people that listen to the podcast, they say, oh yeah, I really liked this one thing someone said. And it really resonated me for this to, it really resonated to me for this reason. That's so rewarding. I hope you have that experience too. I hope any of your listeners who have podcasts have that experience too, where you get to see the reverb effect of what your content you're producing and how that affects people in their real life whether it's wisdom or insight or um, just something that they heard that really clicked with them that they carry forward. I do that with every podcast guest. I always take one thing away and it is sealed into my brain. I reflect on it. And I think that if that's an experience we can share with our listeners, that's a wonderful thing. And for people to feel empowered to take charge of their own personal finance, even if it's just one tiny topic at a time, like we have an episode that's about anxiety around your money and how, you know, money is usually a placeholder for the actual anxiety that you're feeling. And so you use it as a way to, to focus what your, your energy around stressing about money, but it's often deeply rooted in something else. And so we have a whole episode where we just talk about that money anxieties. And I think we can all say we have some form of money anxiety, but it's probably of course, yeah. related to something more than just that. Yeah. I like it. Oh, and yeah, I can resonate also with, you know, getting the feedback and like, okay, this is great. So the topics we're covering are relating to people and it's making a difference and it's adding value. That's huge, you know? Um, so that's great that that's happening on your podcast as well. So um, tell me a little bit about how you get guests to co come onto your show. Where do you find your guests? I mean, are they 
people who you've worked with? Are they pe- uh, people you find on, be a guest, find a guest on Facebook? Tell me a little bit about that. It's been a wide variety. So I've actually had some clients on for HeronWorks. Um, I've had some people that are clients. I want to have some of my contractors on to talk about their experience working as contractors. Um, yeah. We meet a lot of people through Facebook who might share their story in a group. And then I'll say, hey, this is a really amazing experience. Would you be willing to talk about it on a podcast? Um, we have one person who made a shift into a different career and almost doubled her salary with that one shift. And so having her on the podcast was so cool because she got to share her story to another audience. She had originally posted her story in a Facebook group that we're both in. So that was very cool. Um, so we had somebody that was running for office. And so she was kind of in the public eye and looking to do interviews. She was somebody that we had mutual friends with and knew professionally. And so we connected with her. Um, you know, we've had friends on the podcast. We've had, you know, kind of random people on the podcast that we've just reached out to and said, Hey, we think what you're doing is really exciting. Would you make a guest appearance? And most of the time people say, yes, I've been really shocked by how infrequently people reject us. I thought it would be a way higher rejection rate, but pretty much everyone has said that they would be willing to do it. And that's been very surprising and rewarding. Absolutely. Well, that's so exciting. I'm happy the way it's working out for you guys. And, you know, also you didn't start really that long ago. It's not like you had it for 10 years or anything like that. So it's only going to get better, which is great. Um, Tell me a little bit about, you know, how the podcast affects your business. Yeah. So like I said, you know, I've had some clients on my show Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really fun because I already know some of the ins and outs of their business. And so inviting them to share more about it on our podcast has been um, just a really great experience. We had um, one of my clients is an artist and she came on as a guest and she talked about her journey, making it from being an aspiring professional artist to a professional artist now. And she's my client and my agency provides her with services to support that business as an artist, because being an artist, little known fact is a business. If you're going to be a professional at it and it takes a lot of work to facilitate that. So that's been really fun to have clients on. Um, I think that it also as a podcast host helps me establish um, presence because I am creating content. And so bringing people in through different channels, maybe they come in through the podcast because they're interested in personal finance or because they find our content. And then um, they know more about my business. If I talk about it on the show and just my online presence is connected. Absolutely. Now with people that, um, I guess, does anyone that's listening later down the road, have you noticed often, you know, uh, come to you to maybe start working at Heron Works with you and get some um, uh, business done with you that way? Or anyone that you interview end up being, or have you ever interviewed anyone who's actually been become a client as well, or just people who've already been clients kind of thing? Yeah. So far it's just been current clients, but I look forward to the day where I have a client on or somebody on that becomes a client. I think that would be really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, with your podcast, um, what would you say? Like, we all know that podcasts are a lot of fun. There's a lot of wins that come from it, but also there can be some challenges. Now, any challenges that you can think of right now that have been ongoing or maybe just um, something that you're trying to get through a pain point of some sort with podcasts? That's just a question I like to ask everyone on my interviews, just because they all have podcasts. And I just like to see what the different challenges are. 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, no challenge, no um, initiative is without challenges. Um, Yeah. I think one of the challenges and one of the fun things has been coming up with a content schedule and content calendar. So figuring out what topics our audience are interested in. And that's also inspired by the people that we meet in our day-to-day lives, the people we work with. So my co-host and I think to our own network and say, this person would be really interesting from this perspective. Sometimes it's Sometimes the topic is driven by the guest that we want to have on. And sometimes we're picking topics and filling in guests to meet that. So we did okay. one episode recently where we talked about negotiation. And for that, we fit three different guests in to talk about their own personal story with negotiation. Um, and then other ones will be more driven by the person themselves. So for example, we had somebody on running for office and we talked about the personal finance implications of running for office and what that actually looks like when you're a real human being and not a professional politician. Um, And so it was really exciting to have her on because that was a topic I think that we never would have really thought of if we didn't have this connection with her. And then she came on and shared all this um, really great insight into what that process is like running for office as, um, you know, just a, a, a normal human being. She's still running for office and she's got an election coming up soon. So it's been fun to support her in that journey. Um, Yeah. I think it's, um, just a balance coming up with your content calendar between um, opportunity and design. You know, who do you have in your network right now that you could invite on the episode to have an episode around versus what content and what topics do you want to cover in that season? Um, We featured our local um, abortion fund recently, and that was actually very timely. We had the interview with them shortly after the Dobbs decision. And so for them to be able to talk about the personal finance implications of abortion and what abortions do to help mitigate those costs costs was um, timely and important. And we're going to be dropping that episode next week. You know, obviously Roe Wade and Dobbs has been on everybody's mind with the upcoming election. So, you know, sometimes being able to piggyback on headlines and um, is something that people are tuned into and thinking about. Sometimes that's a great way to build content as well. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. That is awesome. Well, I like the way you have it uh, set up and the way you're going with it. It's, it's exciting. Um, my next question is going to be a little bit about, you know, I know that, you know, you already mentioned what your focus, your biggest focus of the business is helping people live their best lives. And um, what about your biggest focus and desire with the podcast in the next year? Like any, Um, any sort of goals or desires for within a year from now? Yeah, I think that staying power is the biggest thing. It's so easy to start a podcast, um, especially if you outsource like a lot of your publishing and your editing work. It's easy to start something. It's hard to continue it. So I think that every year that we are still here is a success. And we just dropped our first episode of season two. So we took a little break to do some planning for season two. Yep. And I'd love to be, you know, this time next year, I'd love to be celebrating the start of season three. I think that would be really exciting. Um, You know, we have a ton of great content that we've been able to develop over the past two years. Like I said, you know, a lot of it was brainstorming at the beginning. We wanted to be really intentional about how we approach the topic and how we would do it, teach ourselves how to, you know, make a podcast. Um, And so, you know, 14 episodes in one season felt really ambitious and we did it. And now we're gearing up for season two. And and I would love to just see that continue on. Um, It's been so um, rewarding that I don't want to see it stop anytime soon. Right. Ah, that's so exciting. Yeah. And season one's done. Season two is about to, or just started. So yeah, I definitely can see season three for sure within one year on the go. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I know we're getting close to the end of the episode, but I do uh, always ask this question on my podcast just to see the different answers. Now, based on where you are today, if you were to double or, or yeah, if you were to double your profit and revenue, what would the new challenges be? Or what are some things that you might have to change? Um, that is a really interesting question. So I am not currently monetizing the podcast. So I'd have to think about the, mm-hmm. from the perspective of my business. Um, right. I'm right now in a scale phase. And so I am looking at growing my business and figuring out what that means, what that means for my lifestyle. So right. I, you know, want to have a good work-life balance. I have two young kids. And so I have a lot of other things, a lot of other priorities that I need to be focusing on. And so figuring out how to scale my business in a way that's sustainable for me so that it doesn't compromise the way I want to live my life, but it rather enhances and facilitates it. Just like I do for my contractors, I want to live my best life too. I don't want to be, you know, nose to the grindstone all the time. I want to figure out a way to make my business emotionally and physically sustainable and mentally sustainable for me. So yes, scale is on the books. That's the plan, but figuring out how to do that sustainably is, you know, top of mind through every step of that. Absolutely. And you're not alone. You're not alone there at all. Like, you know, we're all trying to figure out, you know, how do we scale, but still live the life that we want to live. Right. Um, so completely understand that, you know, still want to grow and add revenue and profit, but how do we do that without, you know, taking time away from our family and, and and not doing the thing or stop doing the things we love. Like what do we, how do we do that? Right. So totally get this answer all the time. And I just, I just am curious every, every interview to see um, if there's any other challenges or if that's one big one. And it seems to be probably the biggest one. Totally. Amazing. So Thank you so much for coming on today, Hannah, and sharing with us your journey, what you're up to, you know, your next focus and desire. Uh, I appreciate it because I know a lot of it can be really relatable to the people listening. And that's what I'm looking for on my show. So awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been great. No problem. It's a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like our lovely Hannah did today to share your story and, you know, talk about some of the wins and the challenges, please go to top100interview.com and fill out an application. We'd love to have you as well. Thank you so much, everybody. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Hannah. All right. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.